0: King's Church on the Gold Coast, and we just love him, he's a dear friend of ours, Uh, and so we've got him here. It's a real special treat because he now doesn't do itinerant ministry, Um, he mainly uh, speaks at his church, or if he's traveling overseas, or he's on holidays. Um, but I'll let you know a little secret. He said he has a special heart for this house And so he wants to still make it a priority to come and speak when he can on Sunday mornings Get Someone else organized to speak at his church services and come here and still bless us. Who thinks that's cool? It's so cool when you knit together your hearts with people in the kingdom and he and his wife Trish and He's got beautiful children. We just love them dearly. So we get to be blessed by them next Sunday. But today, I want to start this uh, series called Building Strong, and um, just before we get into the Word, I feel the Lord just wants to minister to us collectively here this morning, so why don't you do whatever you need to do to be in position, just to hear from the Lord, whether you need to close your eyes or whatever that is, put your hand on your heart, whatever that is for you here this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you in to this very moment where we bring your Word Lord, we thank you so much that you illuminate your word with your anointing. Lord, you bring it to life. And so, Lord, we ask you would move during this teaching. And, Lord, you'd help people to feed off your word. You'd help people to be strengthened from your word. Lord, you love us so much. That unconditional Father's love towards us. Let it flow through this house. Let it touch people's minds. Let it touch their hearts this morning, God. Let the river of your spirit continue to flow. without any restriction in this place. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the soil of people's hearts. I pray, Lord, that you'd be like a grand gardener this morning. Lord, as you fertilize us with your word, Lord, I pray that your hand, your gardening hand would Would do a work and it would turn over the soil of our hearts. Lord, it would bring a freshness in that soil. Because, Lord, you're releasing in this season new seeds through your word new revelation, new wisdom, new depth of understanding of your heart towards us, God. That you're so in love with us, Jesus. You love us so much, God. Lord, let the depth of revelation of your love and who you are that your character, your goodness, your faithfulness towards us. Lord, let the fresh seeds of that revelation let them go deep into our heart. Let them take root, Father, and bring new life. New life to our identity. New life to our thinking. New life to even... Our habits, our choices, our behaviors, have your way in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 <clears throat> well, Sammy, I might get you to chill now. You work well with me then, brother. Let's give a round of applause. <clears throat> and so um, I wanted to start this morning. This teaching series is really about looking at some fundamental principles that um, around what are the key spiritual principles that the early church flowed with and followed to to build uh, spiritually strong and also to build uh, a church community or a church family in a strong way. Who knows that the number one metric that God likes to use in terms of church is actually health, is actually fruitfulness. Everyone say health. Um, Everyone say fruitfulness. Yes, sometimes... It's important to look at, as we're believing for new people to come, maybe to look at attendance and look at numbers and things like that, but I really believe when you hang out with Holy Spirit, you look in the Word, that He's more concerned with the fruitfulness and the strength and the health, the condition um, of people as they're growing spiritually. Who believes that? And so an example of that as we start this teaching series is I want you to think about this concept I want you to think about the difference between a believer of Jesus uh, compared to a disciple of Jesus. Everyone say believer. Believer. And everyone say disciple. Disciple. Wow. So, who knows that God, through His Word and through growing His kingdom, He is interested, very interested, in not just gathering believers, but in making disciples? Who knows that? And, and I want you to think about that important thing, because a believer, right, will be in love with Jesus and love the idea of Jesus, but a disciple has to be more intentional around following certain principles, because they're a disciple. We know that the word, and I always joke about this, the, the word that I don't like hearing much, the word, ooh, it's hard to say, it starts with D, uh, discipline. Right? <laughs> that, that yucky hard word to say comes out of the word disciple, right, Um, or or vice versa. And so today I want to encourage us to lean in. Everyone say lean in. I want us to lean in to the word, lean in to the principles where God would say, hey, you know what, as your father, as your God, as your savior, that Jesus would say, hey, I'm interested in the condition of your spiritual growth. I'm interested, I'm interested in your health spiritually. I'm not just interested in you attending or being a, a bottom on a seat. I'm more interested in the condition of your relationship with me, the condition. And so I want us to look at, at some of these principles. And so if we turn to the book of Acts today, we can go to that first slide, Acts chapter 2, verse forty-two. Now, what's interesting is when I did some teaching, I mentioned a bit of teaching on the spirit of joy on Thursday night of that first connect night. And then we broke up into small groups, and we had some discussion around people coming up with certain principles that could help or assist in building a spirit of joy in their life. Um, and so we actually read a, a wider version of Acts 42 than this one. But So we started with this, but then we went into these elements of, you know, the early church. This, this part in Acts is talking about the early church when the early church was was birthed. And the Holy Spirit uh, started to empower the church to grow spiritually. And the parts after this, this, this particular verse that we're honing in on today, on Thursday night I talked about that, you know, when they continued steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine and Fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers, that's what we're going to focus on today. But when they did that, there was also some, some particular three things that came about them doing these things, you know, these, everyone say habits, when they started to really apply these habits, there were three benefits that came. And very quickly, just to connect this message to what I was bringing on Thursday night, so there's a little bit of a bridge in what God's doing through the Word here. Um, We talked about that when people gather together and they got under the teaching together, and they committed to fellowship together, and they committed to breaking bread together, and they committed to praying together, Um, then God birthed three spirits or attitudes in the early church. The first spirit was a spirit of liberality. Everyone say "Liberality." liberality. That would be hard to say three times really fast. Liberality. Spirit of liberality is really about where people were open to giving um, to one another, to helping each other out, to resource. If someone was in need, there was a liberality in their ability to maybe take one of their possessions and give it to that person who is in need, right? Uh, Another spirit that really started to permeate the early church because they practiced the disciplines of a disciple of Jesus, not just a believer of Jesus, Another key benefit that started to permeate throughout the early church to build that church in a strong way and to bring health was a spirit of unity. Everyone say unity. Unity. And so that spirit of liberality, a spirit of unity, started to really flow through the early church. And then the third thing that we specifically mentioned on Thursday Night Connect night was also a spirit of joy and gladness Um, start to really flow through the church. And so um, what we want to do is we want to look at the great benefits. We did some teaching on that on Connect Night around Spirit of Joy, but I want to hone in on these disciplines and why it's important for us to kind of in a way be encouraged uh, to look at how we're going and where we could maybe fine-tune in our approach in building our discipleship in the Lord. And so, this particular scripture, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And so, the first thing I wanted to, to hone in on, we can go to the next slide here, is what is fellowship? I'm actually going to, actually, if we can go back to the previous slide, there's a couple of principles there. And as we go through this series, we'll expand. You know, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship. Everyone say fellowship. Fellowship breaking of bread, so the breaking of bread is, you know, very specific in terms of eating together, communing together, and in prayers, but today, I want to hone in on the principle of fellowship, and I'll tell you why, because I think sometimes that believers have a certain definition of fellowship that doesn't have the level of depth in it that the Bible actually teaches. And it causes them to stay as a believer rather than shifting into becoming a disciple of Jesus Christ and actually looking at the depth of what fellowship really, really means. And when it says here that the early Christians, they continued, everyone say continued? continued. So there was consistency. They continued steadfastly. Now, what does the word steadfastly mean? Someone shout out your wisdom to me. Have a crack. It's okay if your answer's not perfect. Loyal, yep. Firm, secure, secure, unwavering. Yeah. Right? So they continued in a in a kind of an unwavering way, right? So we get the, the kind of the intent behind it, right? They continued steadfastly in the post doctrine and fellowship of the breaking bread and press. So let's understand fellowship. And so we'll go to this next slide here. <clears throat> what is fellowship or fellowship? So I've got two particular points here. I want to read this out, but I I intentionally wanted to put all of this on the screen because sometimes you might be more of a visual learner. And even though most of my notes are going to be delivered into your ear today, this is the the starting point. This is the key catalyst of this message today. So I want us to visually look up here as we read through. The usage of the word fellowship for most believers speaks of a gathering for the purpose of relationship building. Right? When you talk about fellowship, most people or many people will mainly think of fellowship is around we hang out together, we connect with one another, we build a relationship with one another, right? And that's cool. Everyone say cool. <laughs> but there's so much more to the real biblical definition of fellowship that sometimes we don't hear about, we don't get taught, and we uh, struggle to maybe understand. However, the Greek word that is translated fellowship from the passage that we just looked at in Acts of Scripture is much farther reaching. The word fellowship in the Greek literally means partnership and participation. Participation. Everyone say partnership. Everyone say participation. participation. So that's what fellowship means. It doesn't mean just to hang out and connect and have a good old time together and there's nothing wrong with that. Man, who loves that? I don't <laughs> But sometimes, right, we think that's fellowship. Fellowship is deeper than that. Fellowship means partnership and participation. So when the Bible declares that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, it actually means that they partnered and participated with the apostles. That's what it means. They partnered and participated with the apostles. Think about this. You can be a believer of Jesus, but unless you start to look at the importance of partnering and participating, you really aren't in an environment or in a position spiritually, a posturing where you can actually grow spiritually. This is biblical, everyone everyone, look at me for a second. This is my, this is my heart. I wanna encourage you today, who here wants to be aligned to the truth? Who here wants to be biblically led? Yeah. Yeah. I wanna encourage you that today, perhaps there is some thinking, that you're thinking a certain way that's actually not aligned to scripture. And that's what I want to encourage today. Because when you think about how much God loves you and you think about Scripture, because we talk so much about worshiping Jesus, but being aligned to biblical truth is so important. And so uh, I want us to think about the word literally means partnership and participation. And so to partner with someone means that you have a vested interest in a thing. Everyone say vested. The word vested comes from invested. You have a vested interest in a thing. It means, so I'm going to a little bit of teaching now, it means that you desire to see success in that thing. When you partner and you participate, you have a vested interest. It means you desire to see success, fruitfulness, health in that thing that you're partnering in, or participating, and see when you choose to partner—not just to hang out—but when you choose to partner and to participate, you're more invested into the idea that you, not only another person, but you want this thing to be fruitful. This work of God, this project, this prayer, or whatever it is—is is everyone hearing me here today? It means that you desire to see success. A partner will work for the good of the overall goal or vision, why? It is because they know that his or her personal success, catch this down, the person who wants to partner, who wants to participate, they know that their personal success is tied to the success of the team or the group that they're partnering or participating in. If the team does not succeed, then he or she will not succeed. And so what we're saying here is that discipleship is developing this attitude, it's developing this spirit of participation and partnership, whereas we can believe in Jesus, and we can do a bunch of spiritual stuff, but sometimes if we resist partnering or participating with a level of intent, We can miss out on some of the biblical depths and truths of what real fellowship is, and then we can miss out actually on accelerators that bring spiritual growth because we haven't really got a full truthful definition of what real fellowship is. And so the early church possessed an understanding of this spiritual principle. They partnered with the apostles. They had a desire to see the church succeed. So, watch this. They didn't just have a desire to hang out with a bunch of people, which is cool, if I say cool, and talk about Jesus and, and worship Jesus. They had a desire to see the work of God in the church to be fruitful. Who knows? that this is one level of thinking or attitude, but this is another level of thinking or attitude, and they're supposed to design to combine together to create a true disciple, but sometimes there can be a disconnect. Why can there be a disconnect sometimes? Someone tell me. Ooh, now we're creating a buffet of teaching, hallelujah. Good, offense, right, what else? Pride, what else? We might have been hurt before when we got involved. Yep. Over-serving, right? I call them over-church. Over-serving, good. Now we're speaking some good truths here, right? These are some of the things that can cause us to no longer do this and kind of just to kind of float around and do this. And we can justify that positioning or that posturing because maybe of a bad experience. Just wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Come on, let's be honest with each other here today. If I was sitting down and have a coffee with you, mentoring, I would have an honest conversation. Is that okay? All right, good. See, what I want us to not miss today is recently I've been praying, the Lord's just been saying, keep reading Acts. I'll keep reading Acts. I'll just keep reading Acts. Watch and learn and see what the early church did. What did they focus on? And what they focused on was powerful worship and prayer meetings and getting the word and all these things. You know, God's wanting to do a work here. And I know, I know that the topic of serving is definitely not the most popular topic for you to hear a sermon on. Who thinks, as a local church pastor, I know that that's the case. <laughs> but who knows that it's more important That we hear teaching that's biblically aligned than what people just want to hear. You hearing what I'm saying? So perhaps this sermon may not be the most exciting sermon you're about to hear. (laughs) It may not create a whole revolutionary wave like Wet n Wild of the Holy Spirit that turns your inside spiritual world upside down. But what I might do, like a spiritual chiropractor, is just bring a little bit of a clicking in and a clicking in here to reset you for a season that God wants to prepare you for. Turn to the person next to you and say, sometimes spiritual Brussels sprouts is better than spiritual ice cream. So the early church possessed an understanding of the spiritual principle. They partnered with the apostles. They had a desire to see the church succeed. They knew their own success was connected to the success of the apostles and the corporate body. Cool. So now what I want to do is I want to talk about a partner mindset. There's two key words here that fellowship means. It doesn't, in the Greek, it does not. When we look at this translation, it doesn't just mean hanging out with a bunch of Christians to build a relationship. It means that. But there's more to it. It's partnership and participation. Run again. Say partnership. partnership. To say participation. Partnership. So the first thing we want to look at is the partnership piece, partner mindset. Right? How do we? What is one of the principles in building strong individually, but also corporately? What's one of the principles in building strong individually, but also corporately? One of those principles is when we want to shift from the posturing of just a believer of Jesus into a disciple of Jesus. We need to develop a partnership mindset because that is a it is a biblical expression that we are actually continuing to steadfastly commit to fellowship. A partner mindset produces an ownership mentality. Can we go it up here? partner mindset produces an ownership mentality. Ownership mentality is the opposite of entitlement mentality. <clears throat> I heard a couple of wows. I like that. Thank you. Wow. Ownership mentality is the opposite of entitlement mentality. When someone thinks like an owner, they will do whatever they need to do to make things work properly, not taking anything for granted. Those who have entitlement mentalities believe that they are owed whatever they get. They believe they should not have to do anything to get it other than show up or other adjectives. Today we're talking about health. We're talking about building strong. The early church, they possessed those who partnered with the apostles. So they had a good percentage of them partnered with their leaders, partnered with their spiritual head. This is the reason the church grew and increased and was healthy. It was not merely due to the ministry of the apostles. Catch this now. It was not merely due. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if Apostle Paul was the actual leader of Forever House right now? I mean, I rightfully just sit down and go for it, Apostle Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he's a legend, right? Yeah. You saw that the Dr. was killing Christians, had a massive transformation. I mean, the dude was cool. But I want us to catch this. It was not merely due to the ministry of the apostles, but rather those who were members of the church putting their hands to the plough and their shoulders to the wheel. There must be corporate understanding in the hearts of the members of a church for that church to succeed, for it to be fruitful, for it to be healthy, for us to for us to make disciples, we have to first be disciples. Yes. Those who can never see beyond their own thing that they're doing or what they want to do or their ministry and their function. So even if they are involved, but they can't really see past just their little thing that they're doing, their little department, the little portion of the roster that they're on, hallelujah. Those who can never see beyond their ministry and their function will have great difficulty in partnering. While every member has a ministry and a function, or should, again, we're talking about biblical truths here in terms of church, principles of church, the body of Christ. It is not the only ministry and function of the church. So every member has a ministry, a function, a gift, a calling, an anointing, but who knows that your gift, your calling, your role is not the only function of the local church. It's combined with all the other things that other people are doing. And so when we have that mindset, when we have a value on that corporate, Thing that that is a sign that we have the ability, we have the capacity to have a partner mindset, and that builds healthy churches, it builds healthy disciples. When you read the first three chapters, catch this now when you read the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, oh, it's getting heavy now. We're going to the back of the Bible. You know, when the pastor turns to the back of the Bible you better just lean back because you might get hit with some meat. (laughs) Everyone lean back. Oh, here comes the meat. No, I'm just joking. But when you read the first three chapters of the book of Revelation, you can clearly see how God looks at and speaks to the corporate body. So when you're looking at the book of Revelation, when God's speaking to the body of Christ, he's actually more speaking to corporate bodies. He's talking to whole churches. So he's communicating, he's speaking to corporate gatherings, to corporate bodies, to teams within the wider body of Christ. He's not speaking to individuals. Who knows that sometimes we are so fixated on my individual call? What am I to Jesus? Jesus, what's my name? I'm so
1: good at this,
0: Lord, I'm here. Right? right? praise God, you know, we, we give attention to individuals. And when we come in, we want to help you to activate your gifting, your calling. We know that God is interested in individuals, absolutely. But who knows, we want to bring balance to, particularly when we come into deeper relationship within the knitting in to our local church or the body of Christ. It's important through maturity and becoming a disciple of Jesus that our fixation and our focus is not purely on our own individual calling, but we have a greater value that we put on our contribution that impacts the wider form of a team or a church or the body of Christ. And so God himself puts that emphasis in the back of the Bible and Revelation. He speaks to corporate bodies. He speaks to teams. He speaks to churches, not to individuals when he's communicating Um, And that is not to say, again, that uh, he negates speaking to individuals within the church. However, we observe Jesus speaking to entire church bodies in the book of Revelation. He speaks of things that are transpiring within those churches corporately. Uh, These are not things that are taking place in the life of just one individual. He rebukes and commends them corporately in the book of Revelation. His promise is given to them corporately. God, who we worship, who we praise, who we love on, our God, our Father, he thinks corporately. He thinks generationally. Does he think about you individually? Absolutely. But again, when we shift from just being a believer of Jesus to being a disciple of Jesus, we've got to come into that mature mindset of partnership. That it's not just about me and my call and my anointing and what God's doing in me and what I need God to do for me and God, can you help me to break through here and God, I need this and, oh, I need help with this and oh God, why won't you come through and God, help me to open this door and God, can you do this and can you do this? Because what happens is, is if your mindset just becomes saturated in this individualistic focus in your call, you start to create a lid on your spiritual growth. Because you are a believer of Jesus, and sure you have a passion in all things that you're called to do for Jesus, but you, you haven't opened your mind and your heart to the truth and the value of being partnership focused and focusing on the greater good of the team or the local church that God has called you to. Very, very relevant in today's social media world. Where you and I both know you can click into this podcast, you can watch this celebrity pastor here, you can dial into that conference there, you can download this blog here, you can, you can saturate your heart spiritually with a focus of all about you, 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 and Jesus and you, and you and Jesus, and, and it can seem so spiritual and so awesome, but yet there is something biblically lacking in. And it does a long-term build the health that we're probably so hungry to see in our own lives. So to be a partner, one must think beyond themselves and their own desires. What does that sound like? Not being self-focused, right? Not being selfish to get all of that. But you know, I speak in the marketplace, one of the most Prominent themes right now, I mean, even look over here, our current mission statement, I believe in that. The most popular TED talk right now is, what's your why? What's your why, Chris Marshall? Matthew Rotherwein, what's your personal why? Why are you here on planet Earth? Right? What's your purpose? And I'm all for that. But I think some of that is seeping into the body of Christ And it can create too much of an imbalance where we become so self-focused about my call, my purpose, my anointing, my gift, that we start to water down the power of partnership, agreement, unity, where we're all working together and uniting our gifts and callings under a banner of a vision or a corporate purpose to impact a territory for the kingdom of God. And so we've covered partnership. I now want to look at this second angle of participation. Can we have a look at this next slide? Participation. Participation. Everyone say participation. Participation. Just close your eyes. Father, I pray that you continue to move through this work, that you continue, Lord, to do a work, whatever it needs to be. You know where people are at. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your agenda here is to bring teaching about health about discipleship. So Father, help us, Lord, Lord, to receive your word in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Participation. Participation is the work aspect of being a partner. Participation means that you put your hand to the plow. It means that you put your shoulder to the wheel. It means that you go to work. You get involved. You help out. You participate. Again, the word fellowship is defined as partnering and participation. So the early church, not only partnered, but they participated. Participation is the work aspect of being a partner. We know so much now. If you look, look at all the church research across the world, you look at the stats, there is a growth. It's great to see more people becoming believers of Jesus. Jesus, who's Jesus? Get behind me, Jesus, right? We know there's, you know, people, who are connecting and getting saved, and that's great. But there is an increase in spectatorship in the body of Christ and not necessarily participation. And so my encouragement to you is, you might be sitting here today and you might be participating but getting a little bit tired of it or a bit frustrated with it. My encouragement to you is, you know what? First of all, I get it. I felt that at times too. I understand But can I say, allow the value of being biblically aligned to be greater than sometimes the weariness of serving. And maybe you're sitting here today and you're in a season when you haven't been participating in a local church vision. My encouragement to you is there may be many reasons for why that is. My encouragement to you is take that to God and allow Him and you to talk about it because Again, my encouragement is be biblically aligned. Be aligned to what the Bible teaches is a sign of being and growing as a disciple, not merely being a believer of Jesus. Now, there's another layer, layer lower than being a believer of Jesus, and that's being what I call a fan of Jesus. There are lots of fans of Jesus. I believe there's lots of fans of Jesus that go to church, but they're actually not saved. So there are fans of Jesus, there's believers of Jesus, and then there's disciples of Jesus. Everyone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so wherever you're at, let this message be a message of encouragement. Let this message be a message of I encourage you, let the Word encourage you, let the Spirit of God encourage you today to put more value on being biblically aligned then maybe staying in a place of weariness or staying in a place of, nah, I'm just going to stay as a believer and I'm kind of done with that discipleship thing. Because your father, his heart is to see health in you, is to see growth in you, is to see fruitfulness in you. So, the early church understood there was work to be done. They willingly received from the ministry of the apostles so they would be equipped to do the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry became a point of connection for them, it was a place where they could connect and do their part in the forwarding of the mission of the church and promotion of the kingdom of God. See, I believe there is a place for every believer in the body of Christ to participate in ministry, to become a disciple. I believe there is a place for every believer to participate that everyone can contribute something. You can get involved somewhere in your local church. And you can be that person who is not just focused on your individual core, but you are investing into a corporate focus, a mission, a vision. I'm going to ask, um, <clears throat> just maybe stand for the keys to come. Participation. i ask you to close your eyes. Just lost my phone. It's okay. I'm make room for the Holy Spirit to move here. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful God, we look to you. We thank you, God, for your goodness, grace, mercy as you got your eyes closed I'm hearing the Lord saying that he wants to speak to some people here today I'm hearing the Lord say this that the starting point of partnership with God and his kingdom first starts with relationship with Jesus I'm hearing the Lord say that perhaps there are some people here today and it's important for you for the very first time to say yes to Jesus, to start making a direction towards Jesus. And perhaps there are some people here today, I hear the Lord saying, where it's time for you to change your direction, to make a decision to turn back to Jesus, to head back towards the direction of where Jesus is in your life. So before we pray, in terms of partnership in the church, in terms of getting involved or discipleship, I'm hearing the Lord say, let's just take a step back this morning. And let's allow time for some people to make a critical first step decision. But maybe the Holy Spirit, maybe Jesus is inviting you first to simply say yes to him. And the Bible says that when people confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior, they shall be saved. But you may ask the question today, say, from what, Pastor Brad? my answer would be saved from the brokenness and the loneliness and the reality of life in this world. That Jesus died on the cross where his body took on all the pain, all the loneliness, all the isolation of sin and the power of sin was broken as his blood was shed. He rose again. The good news is he rose again. The Bible says on the third day, and he conquered death and sin. And when you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you say yes to Jesus, when you make a decision to walk towards Jesus, when you make a decision to redirect your life and turn back to Jesus, that that's the starting point to the great, greatest partnership you could ever have, and that is to partner with the God that created you. So as every eyes are closed, I want to ask you just the privacy of this moment. Would you like me to pray for you this morning? Maybe you're sitting here and saying, Pastor Brad, I would like to say yes to Jesus today for the first time. Can I say, hey, in a moment, if you want me to pray for you, it will be the best decision you've ever made in your life. I made it 20 years ago in my life partnering with the living God has dramatically turned around. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Brad, I want you to pray for me because I once said yes to Jesus, but today I'm feeling a prompting in my heart. I need to redirect my life back towards Jesus again. I'm kind of turned away. And so again as everyone's eyes are closed the privacy in this moment, to let me know that you want me to pray for you, I want you just to simply raise your hand and say, Pastor Brad, that's me. Can you please pray for me today? Can you pray for me? As I look around, just lift your hand if you want me to pray for you today. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. You can put your hands down. Anyone else, just raise your hands. Thank you. I see that hand. Anyone else as I look around, just in the privacy of this moment. Thank you, Jesus. We've got three wonderful people who raised their hand. I'm just going to ask everyone to stay seated. You can open your eyes, but I want everyone to repeat. Everyone participate. Let's repeat this prayer this morning. Dear Jesus, today I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again on the third day. Forgive me of all my sins. My sins of yesterday? And my sins of tomorrow. Come into my life, Holy Spirit, and make me a brand new person. Help me to walk with you. Help me to become a disciple of you. Help me to partner with you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Let's celebrate these three people. Just stay seated. Just before we do that, the three people that raised your hand, I just want to welcome pastors Thomas and Sandra They can just stand. If you guys can stand. And also, if I can ask uh, Matthew and Jackie to stand, I just want to let those three people know who particularly um, you put your hand up. That uh, Matthew and Jackie are our host leaders, and so you can connect with them and maybe. Uh, give them your details, and we can give you a Bible, and we can give you uh, take some information from you, and get uh, you connected in with some people that can help you on your journey with Jesus. And also, these are our wonderful pastors, Thomas and Sandy, who oversee all things with new people as well. And so you can connect with them as well. Okay, you guys can take a seat. Again, let's celebrate these people. So, while my great friend Sam is still playing, I want you to close your eyes again. I feel the Holy Spirit still wants to minister here across this place. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, bring in that beautiful peace, that gentleness, the wind of the Spirit. Bring that healing hearing the Lord say sometimes it can take an instant in God for you to have complete healing emotionally, physically but sometimes it can take seasons and you know what sometimes it can take layers of moments I feel the Lord saying Maybe two weeks ago you received a word and got some healing, but even this morning you're feeling in this atmosphere, you need healing again in some area of your thought life or emotionally or whatever it is. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, You know what? It's okay. You're a multi layered person, there's lots of things about you. And sometimes the word will get in and do a work in this particular area, but sometimes there's another area that comes up and it needs to work. You hear the Lord saying, Be at peace that you're a work in progress. Be okay, be okay that maybe every week there's something new that the Lord has to work on. Just hearing the Father's heart say, it's okay. I am your God, I am your maker. I will always make myself a a valuable, says the Lord. I will always make myself available to do a work on you and in you and through you. you Hearing the Lord say this, that as you just heard that, some sort of the heaviness on some people's shoulders just melted away. Because there's sometimes been a closed offness to God moving and doing a new thing, maybe week after week, because maybe like me, you could be more of an impatient person. This has gone on with this guy. But God's saying in this season I'm doing the work. I'm reconstructing. I'm deconstructing. It's okay if your life sometimes feels like a construction zone. I'm the master builder. And I'm building you strong, says the building you strong. I'm realigning, I'm aligning, I'm doing the work. Trust me. Would you trust me? Hear the Lord saying this again. Where I will make myself available to you, all I need you to do is to make yourself available to me. We will build a great really partnership together. You and I. You and me. I and you. I'm strengthening the vine, says the Lord. But it's not just you, it's your brothers and sisters. It's the people you're doing life with. It's the people you're working with to build the kingdom. I'm doing the work corporately as well among you says the Spirit of the Lord so be awakened and be aware that I'm asking you to be available position yourself to let me work on you thank you Jesus so as we linger in the presence of God maybe here today and let's do another prayer. Maybe you're sitting here again. I'm going to ask you to, to close your eyes. Maybe you're sitting here and there's something in your heart that says, you know what, Pastor Brad? I would like you to pray for me. I'd like God to help me, to strengthen me in this era of discipleship. And in this season, I, I want God to know God, I do want to have a stronger partner mindset. God, I do want to put a fresh, healed perception and value on participating in your kingdom. If that's you here today, don't feel like there'll be any judgment. Everyone's eyes are closed. Sometimes God looks for the ones that will respond the ones that hear the word say, you know what, God, I'm going to do something with that. Help me, change me, make me, adjust me, do a work on me, God. And so if you're here today and you feel the spirit of God is wanting you to respond to the word, I'm not going to ask you to stand or come to the front. I just feel the Lord just wants you to raise your hand. And I'm just going to pray for you. So if that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Bless you. Anyone else? There's quite a few people raising their hand here across the waterfront. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jesus. Put your hand down. Thank you. That's awesome. There's almost half the people here today. So as we keep our eyes closed, just to everyone repeat after me. Jesus, Jesus. help me. Help me to be more like you, help me to grow, help me to know the truth, help me to be biblically aligned, help me to have a new desire, to have a partner mindset, to want to participate, in your kingdom because it's a principle that helps me not just to be a believer but enables me to be a disciple. Today, Jesus, I agree with your word where you encourage me to not just focus on my individual core but to embrace the part of my discipleship is to partner and participate with a corporate call, in a team, in a, team. In a, in gathering, a gathering of other believers, of other, of other disciples. God, help me to grow as a disciple. God, help me to grow as a disciple. In Jesus' name, Jesus. and everyone said, "Let's give God some praise."